Hello folks, so this is Tuesday Night Book Club Part 2. There's no intro music, there's no nothing really other than just the recording from said Part 2 Book Club on Tuesday nights. This one was me going over a summary of the book So Good They Can't Ignore You, the four main rules that I've certainly applied in my life for the last few years since I listened to the book and they've served me very well and hopefully they'll provide you with some insights and ideas as to how you could apply them in your own journey, whatever that might be. So that's it. Enjoy the recording. We'll be back again in two weeks with the next number of book club review type things, and uh, we have somebody lined up for that. But if you're interested, register on Eventbrite. Just drop me an email either. Uh, It's on every two weeks, and the next one is the... Uh, 23rd of June. Talk to you then. Good luck. So this is our second of our book club. So thanks for joining. The last inaugural one. Uh, my um, effort of throwing my hat in the ring um, based on the Heath Brothers' The Power of Moments. Um so yeah, it was it was uh, definitely a book that's impacted me and something that's quite uh, been prevalent actually over the last um, the last two weeks as well. I suppose I've, I've actually just tried to live it really. So rather than just parking the book review and saying that was nice, I was kind of challenged myself to to see if I can really bring this stuff to life. And uh, look, I suppose a lot of it has been stuff that we've been forced to do over the last two months in terms of slowing down. But I think lockdown as well, in some in some respect, has um, all meshed into one. So it's been really trying to challenge myself to find a moment in every single day that, that kind of is something a bit different, is something a bit out of the ordinary, a moment of elevation. So actually, the last two weeks have been spent um, kind of experimenting with different things like sea swimming and um, Rob, you'd be delighted to know that I've taken up 5K running. I'm way off your pace at the moment, but... I'm chasing you down hard. Bit by bit. Um, yeah. So I, I suppose that, that whole thing is something that uh, it's going to be quite a formula that I'm going to try to use basically is to is to take maybe the learnings of the book and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, or to hearing Rob's take on his book tonight. Um, but then in the intervening two weeks is to actually practically apply them. And I think that's hopefully where the magic can be um got out of these uh, these book clubs is to rather than just go yeah that half an hour was interesting it's to actually now can we do something about that can we take that moment of insight and practically apply it um so it'll be interesting to hear from anybody who who was at the last um uh session just to see had they done anything or what did they take from the um from the last uh, book review takers mm. okay so so what we'll Hang do is it's... sorry yeah uh, Declan uh, Jamie here right. um, Hi, I Jamie. suppose um, so last weekend I went on an Airbnb stay in Cork and it was like prime example of that like unique moment it was basically with my girlfriend and it was it's like an air it's a it's actually kind of like a, a tree house looking over the city and it's a prime I was just thinking of it when I was on it. It was like a prime example of 
basically where they're taking what we consider a normal stay and kind of taking it really out out of the ordinary and it's people like yeah remember it so much more because it is that peak moment rather than just your generic hotel in the city and your man's making an absolute killing out of it you can you can see off his airbnb rating and what he's (laughs) uh what he's charged as well that it's one of those it's a peak moment like rather than just a generic um, stay so I kind of was enjoying the stay but also at the same time I was definitely recognising what, what he was kind of uh, what he was selling yeah. like he had what we, what we were speaking about two weeks ago to be fair yeah that's that moment of elevation that the, the Heath brothers are talking about to, to take something that's quite standard a kind of an overnight accommodation and put a twist in it that um, it's out of the ordinary and that's going to stay in your memory now for a long time to come yeah. because it's so different that's really good and thanks for sharing um rob do you do anything over the last two weeks that give you any experiences i had a few probably peak moments on my first couple of days at work right because it's yeah. obviously new and it's the first first time in a new job for for 11 or so years um definitely time does kind of slow down but also seems to go quite quickly as well the last week flies by when you're you're taking in so so much um what what else jumped out i know i think i took some notes i, I think I actually after the last time we talked i was uh, speaking of running i was kind of upping distances for a while and on the saturday of the bank holiday weekend which would have been the marathon weekend in cork i i did a half marathon just on my own just kind of you know doing that on a saturday morning to kind of push yourself to uh, a, a, a distance that um, I probably would have done the following day if the half marathon would have been on and it, it, I always find when I go those long distances you do remember the very end the, the very end when you stop and you're so happy that you've actually got through it and just sitting sitting down outside just like the sweat dripping off and those few moments while you're just kind of coming down you feel you know you've achieved something so that would be the the end as of the peak end kind of idea, um, but uh, that kind of sticks out more than anything, really. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant, excellent. So, Rob, if you want, if you want to lead in to your uh, mm-hmm. your book for this evening, sure. Yeah, no bother, guys. So, I have a couple of slides, but I probably won't share them just because people might get honed in on those. And anyone listening to this, when I put it out afterwards, certainly won't be able to see them. So, I don't want to completely. Uh, make assumptions there um and john just again thanks for uh, the feedback on the last one i think your summation of what this is about was very apt it was better than anything i had kind of, it, it summed it up well where it was like a a, a blink list uh, with with people uh, kind of summarizing it and that's exactly what it is and a couple of people actually got in touch with me since asking uh, saying i think it was you fabian you said that you you um you'll join but you won't have the book read by the time it comes around <laughs> and that was kind of you know uh, probably an assumption we were making traditional book clubs probably people read the book beforehand and talk about it during it whereas this is the kind of opposite you don't have to read the book you just come along and learn a bit about it and um so those two kind of things were were good eye openers and as we kind of refine how we maybe put it out there and and uh try to get other people joining maybe that's just something to, to keep in in mind um as we say we're learning bit by bit and keep keep making it a little bit better every time so okay so the book they're so good they can't ignore you cal newport um it's his i think it was his maybe second book or first book he has three out at the moment 
so good they can't ignore you um deep work and digital minimalism is the one i read most recently and it's the one he brought out most recently um and like he's only about i'd say he's not even 40 uh he was like a tenured professor in early late 20s he just seems to um be pretty clued in and and i think his his degree and he's what he he lectures in is computer science which is again kind of antithesis the opposite of what he writes about in lots of ways it's kind of the anti-technology versus um what he does in the day job so fascinating guy um but certainly very much focused on disconnecting from uh the digital world in lots of ways um, in his latter work and deep work is very much about that diving into finding your best way of working be it short bursts or or four hour blocks or two months completely off off the grid if you're writing books and whatnot um so definitely worth checking them out i i listened to this book actually as instead of reading it so the story i suppose behind it um it was summerish of 2017 and um i was actually on um interrailing uh from i think i flew from cork into What's the name? Gdansk. From Cork to Gdansk, um, I was 39, so it was probably a midlife crisis. I never did the interrailing when I was uh, 21 or 2. And uh, <coughs> at the time, I was single as well. So I said I was going to do this. Um, and I think I, I did a one of those five interrail passes over 15 days, starting in Gdansk and going all the way down um, through Poland and Germany and Slovakia and um, some some really good good experiences. I did it on my own as well. So, um, but I remember loading up uh, Audible before go- going and had a couple of titles in there, and this was one of them. And and normally when I read a book, I tend to to take notes um, either during or underline, and at 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 the end of a chapter, maybe take some notes. But when I was listening to this and knowing there was going to be a lot of good stuff in it. It kind of worked well because I just had a notepad and as I was listening, I was jotting stuff down. Um, I don't know if I read a summary of it or whatever prompted me to get it, but I definitely was at a point where I was uh, kind of at an intersection in my career and kind of figuring out where I wanted to go next, what I wanted to do. Um, I had probably about six months or a year before that qualified as an executive coach and that was very transformative and that kind of opened my eyes up in lots of ways of kind of what I wanted to do for the for the next part or the rest of my career um and I had probably got a promotion in work a year beforehand um but for me that kind of corporate ladder climbing at that point was no longer the the real driver or the real motivation it was more about kind of helping others and figuring out um more about the human condition human potential as well um and this book kind of came along at the right time because i was at that point where i was kind of being pushed out of the role i was in i was pushing myself out in a way and i was being pulled in lots of ways towards this kind of idea of taking on a you know a new career going out on my own um setting up a coaching practice and while the while the like the 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 idea behind that um was exciting there was that tug of war to say like am i ready for this will i go out and have any clients and so it's just i was trying to kind of work through that and this book came along at at the right time i guess because um it certainly had some and has some good 
ideas in it that that I kind of followed ever since. Uh, and I, I'll go through those. I remember, and again, just weirdly enough, I remember I was on a train to um, what's the name of the? I can't remember the name of the city just off the top of my head. But I remember getting on a bus and I went to see. I went to Auschwitz one of the days when I was listening to this book, and maybe that's kind of a, a peak, not a peak end, but more of a a moment as well that kind of sticks in my mind. Listening Krakow, to this, Krakow. Krakow, yeah, of course, that's the yeah. one that's closest to Auschwitz. Um, I think it's like a two-hour bus drive or whatever. And I remember going on the bus to Auschwitz and coming back and listening to this book, taking notes. Um, so it was definitely a, a, a there was a powerful moment or a few moments during that. Um, and the book really is about four rules that Cal kind of sets out um, that you should maybe try to live by. Um, and and use maybe to help guide you in whatever particular direction you want to go in or maybe answer some questions but it it did come up a lot around that idea of maybe making a career change or going in uh, some different direction within your career um so the first rule and and as well guys i i can i probably can ramble on lots here so feel free to jump in if you have any questions at at any point um so it's more interactive or or we can leave it to the end um <clears throat> so rule number 1 that he called out was don't follow your passion and i guess the question i would ask there how many of you guys here um have have ever thought of you know quitting your job and setting up you know, a coffee shop or uh, maybe not a yoga practice, but to do talk about yoga practices, but but just completely taking a, a complete change and, and getting carried away or caught up in that idea. Or maybe even, have you ever done it? I don't know. You know, th- that's kind of a big question that he asks at the start. Anyone connect with that? Yeah, it's interesting, Rob. Actually, that's mentioned in, in the last book in Power Moments as well about... Um, you know, remember we were talking about the moments of insight that they, they gave a story about a woman who was thinking about opening a, bo- a bakery for years and then she she finally took the, the, the jump to do it and it lasted about 18 months mm. and after that she, she jacked it in and, and she reported actually okay you can you can view it as a failure but actually it was such a big success because she took that leap of faith and she learned so much about herself mm-hmm. so yeah it's interesting that, that does that cross over there yeah, yeah, they mentioned something similar. Sorry, Cal mentioned something similar. I think it was a top executive, <clears throat> big into yoga. She was doing it, you know, before work and after work. So she went out on her own, set up her yoga studio, um, and after twelve months, just realized that she had no idea how to run a business and it wasn't making any money. And obviously, while you learn a lot from that, you know she she realized probably that what wasn't for her and she maybe went and i think she probably went back into into the working world certainly maybe wiser for it but i guess the key message they were putting out there is don't always jump out and follow your passion uh it's it's more about building towards that and kind of putting maybe a plan b in place while you're working your plan a building up your skill set outside of your day job until you're in a better place to actually move into make your plan b become become your plan a um and for me at the time when i was thinking through this absolutely my passion would have been to jack in the job didn't have too many um external commitments or or anything that that was preventing me but 
uh, whether it's been a bit risk averse or just didn't feel 100% that it was right there. I said, no, maybe maybe I won't just go after it, but, but what are the things that I can do in parallel that can maybe get me gradually towards my passion um, without you know, walking away from a well-paid job and maybe just being out uh, a bit exposed when, you know, when I remember coming out of the course with the 25 or so other coaches and some of them were talking about doing it, but you would talk to other coaches that have done it or, or, you know, they say the first few years can be extremely hard. And if you don't have already a lot of uh, reputation built up or experience, um, clients that would vouch for you or some contracts lined up you know it is a it's a big leap of faith so so for me that was kind of rule number one not to follow your passion not to give up on your passion but to to kind of work towards it a bit more methodically and um, gain expertise I think was a piece of advice gain your expertise through practice and developing those skills that will get to your passion um and that's kind of the angle I definitely started to think more about what could I do in my current work that could allow me to get towards that over time. You know, it's a it's a long, it's a marathon, not a sprint sort of thing. And sometimes you can come out after qualifying or, you know, the buzz of doing some coaching, thinking this can be, I can do 40 hours a week of this and I can, you know, really live a more meaningful life. When, when the reality in lots of ways for a huge percentage of people would be that it's not going to be as straightforward or easy as that, you know. Is there a fear as well that um, you, if your passion right now is your escape valve, you know, you finish your day job and you, you then you do your football or your yoga or your whatever, uh, if you turn that into your day job, you just destroy your hobby, basically. You, you know, you turn, that becomes the drudge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think... I that's absolutely something that would come up a lot in in coaching when you're talking to people for me i probably would have asked myself that question an awful lot and uh, and it this kind of idea of in coaching you talk about running away from something or running towards something a lot of times i've talked to people wanting to leave their job because they hated their job and they'd go to the next best thing that comes along that seemed shiny or whatever but they didn't when you dig into it they had no real underlying connection as to why they were going after that so for me it was very much and it had been very much a running away from something because i had enough of it, but also running towards something that i was very clearly passionate about and had done a lot of the, the kind of work i think the coaching work had helped me realize that i wasn't going to make a kind of a, a leap of faith um it was more I had a very clear plan of, yeah, this was for me now maybe if you didn't go through six months or a year of self-reflection and whatnot um, and you were just getting excited because you, I don't know, maybe did a, a weekend course on some sort of, I don't know, barista making and you, you thought you were going to become a coffee maker. That that could have, uh, you know, had less substance behind it. Um, okay, I keep going. So and rule number two was, and the title of the book, Be So Good They Can't Ignore You. So this is a Steve Martin quote about being absolutely excellent at what you do to the point that people actually come to you that follow you that are uh, believers in you and I think Steve Martin was a comedian for a decade before anyone really took any interest in him because he was doing things a bit different to how all other comedians were doing it 
So it took a while for people to realize that this guy is a genius. Um, it just wasn't that obvious at the start. So um, this kind of focuses, this rule more focuses in on uh, about a craving for autonomy and creativity. Um, and Newport talks a lot about learning a craft here. So it goes into, like, again, this kind of ties in with con- disconnecting from um, technology in lots of ways. He talks a lot about, um, I think, blacksmiths and how, how much they're focused on their craft and using their hands and connected with nature um, and how you, over time, practice, deliberate practice over and over again that you become a master at this, maybe the 10,000 hours idea that you might know automatically at the very start love what you're doing but you spend so much time working at it practicing at it you become so good at it that you're you're going to be as the, as, as the line people can't ignore you you're you're you have a high value you have a lot of um uh you're a master and people people will will i suppose either want that or be entertained by that or, or you don't need that they see the the worth in maybe paying for that service or, or whatever for whatever it was and and i guess that made me reflect as well that at the time i you know i wasn't uh i'm certainly still i'm always a work in progress but i i didn't have a whole lot of experience coaching people at a at a senior level um the ones that i did was has worked out really well but i needed to do more work i, I just it was I was going into a relatively crowded market and probably would have been fighting very diff- hard to, you know, get your name out there to build uh, your reputation was going to be hard. So, um, so I looked at it a different way. So how could I develop those skills to become better? Um, and I had the podcast going at the time. So that was, a, that was something I was going to keep going all in with in work. I started to ask questions. How can I do some coaching in here, be it, one-to-ones be it group coaching i was qualified at the time you know it's a free resource i'll do it above and beyond what i'm already doing and at the time i was working with dell and you know 140,000 employees in there there's quite a few that want you know some free coaching so there was a, a lot of opportunity in there and it's just looking at what's in front of you and asking that question it's not always about getting away from you know so many opportunities that uh that are probably staring you in the face. So just thinking about it was important. Um, I also spent the next few months, uh, while I had the, the coaching diploma, I spent the next few months looking at becoming um, certified with a coaching body, like like Fabio talks about the PMI. There's the International Coaching Federation was one I wanted to get certified with to kind of give you that little bit more credibility. There's lots of coaches out there, um, but there may be coach true experience but you know they don't have maybe anything to back it up and i feel you need that little bit of credibility you need a certification you need experience um so i was kind of doing all of these things to try and get better to try and uh learn a little bit more and 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 build a reputation and i guess one other thing that that has kind of come to pass that worked out well when you're in this instance for me it was coaching for whatever you might be thinking of doing get recommendations, get feedback from people, um, use your, use LinkedIn. Uh, every time I coach somebody, certainly when I was doing it for free, like pro bono, you know, one of the agreements was if they got something out of it, um, over the course of whatever number of sessions, they could give me feedback, but also give me a recommendation online. That can build up, um, you know, for future roles, for future jobs you might be looking for, you can direct people to that. Um, as long as it's authentic and it's genuine, that's important. So, 
uh, <clears throat> those were the kind of messages I took away from it. What are the things I can work at now to make me better uh, in, in the future um, and just keep keep going at it, have a good plan in place and, and you know, actions speak louder than words. A lot of people talk about what they're going to do down the road, but, you know, that doesn't happen automatically. You have to kind of put the effort in, so. Any questions on rule two? Anything trigger for you there? Okay. Oh, I mean- Great point, Rob. To be fair, it's it's something that uh, I think when we're in jobs, whether we're passionate about them or not, a certain sense of um, you know routine sits in, and that can be the sort of the the death knell of ambition. So that constant hunger to get better and to learn that's really the the thing that's going to set us apart. And uh, what, what kind of we need those gentle reminders as well. We we get we get a bit too comfortable and things get a bit too settled and a bit too easy. Um, so I think that constant nudge to, to challenge yourselves to get better is, is always welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just another point, like, Cal, I read the book as well, and his point really was that not to go, what you kind of said already, but just repeated, not to go after your passions, but that you're going to develop your working passions over a couple of years. So if you start as you know, a painter or an electrician, you know, after two years, you might be mad about it, but after five to ten you're so good at it that, that it becomes your passion. Whereas if you'd said that in year one to three, you would have been like, no, I don't want to do this. But because you get good at it, you enjoy it more. Because you enjoy it more, you're, you're better. You do harder work. And then it's your passion basically grows. It's not that on day day one that you you go after your, your you could say, what we kind of discussed the past time passion. is that it, it takes time to develop a working passion, I think is a big point that you kind of tried to push, push across. Mm. And and I I would agree and disagree. Like I, you're dead right on what he said. For and I suppose how I was trying to how it was for me in that while I maybe in my previous career in project management had worked for years doing it, it it became up to a point where I was pretty good at it, but had no real interest in doing it. And so while while he would say becomes so good at it, that it becomes your passion. I'm not a hundred percent bought onto what what he meant there. That, that was just my personal experience. That I, the more I was doing of the stuff that I was passionate about, the more I enjoyed it as, as well. So I would, while it's one of his rules, I I didn't say I completely agreed with it. And it's important to challenge <laughs> challenge some of these as well. But I think it's uh, it's definitely one to just think about. And does he? What does he mean by? I know it's a quote from Steve Martin, but in the book, what does he? Who does he define as they? Is it the customer? Is it the boss? Is it the peer group or everybody? I think it's yeah. It's kind of a catch-all, really. It, it it I suppose in he talks about the the guy that does the crafting. Um, I think it was was he a blacksmith uh, or was he some sort of carpenter? I think um, Jimmy. Yeah, it was generally. He spoke a lot about um, crafts, right? Mm. One of them could be a swordsmith, possibly. No, but, yeah. um, he's speaking a lot about uh, professions away from the digital uh, space, I suppose. Mm. I think it's just that he makes something so spectacularly good that if you know somebody walks by his shop window and sees it, wow, you know they're just wowed by whatever that product is or, or that service that they provide, you know. Okay, I'll keep going, guys. Um, number three, 
his rule was turn down a promotion. Um, and when I think about this, while again bringing it personally, he was saying, um, you know, not always getting a promotion is going to make you happier in what you do. In many ways, taking a role that just because it's a promotion is bringing you further away from what you're really interested in doing. Um, and as I kind of looked at this, as I mentioned earlier on, the corporate ladder thing was not really there for me anymore. It was looking at lateral moves, looking at other ways to build skills and competencies that would be useful to me at a later point. So from a personal perspective, I, you know, prior to that would have always looked to get to that next level. What do I need to get to that next level? What is, you know, in my IDP or your development plan to, to try and put yourself in the best position possible to get there. It was around this time I started looking left, right and center to see what can I do to build the skills that I want to use in that next opportunity. Um, and back to the previous point that was talking with or, or coaching teams, groups, individuals um, as much as possible and reaching out across the org where a promotion was no longer the, the priority. It was, a, it was about getting that experience about really, um, you know, looking at other ways to try and develop the skills that, uh, you know, I needed absolutely to, uh, to get to that next level. Um, and I think sometimes you talk to people saying that that's not really an option for me and there, there's no real easy path to, to do that. The, the promotion is the only thing I would kind of challenge people's thinking around that and and take a step back and, and say is that really true is there if it is whatever it is you want to get better at and you're, you're saying you don't have the opportunities to do it i'd say like look at it from different perspectives is there another way to get those skills is there another way to develop to grow to, to you know to practice I, I know looking at fabio again in the project management space when we were part of different chapters you sign up you volunteer you get responsibility you can run an uh, run an event you can present you know in front of a, a diverse audience so the, the opportunities are there to develop those skills it's just about pushing yourself a little bit to do it um and you know sometimes that involves turning down a promotion because if you get that promotion you're probably fully invested in that extra responsibilities in the role that mightn't be what you want to do you might turn it down to leave yourself 20% in your role to do something different, you know? So, um, that's what I would have taken from that, that rule to, um, to kind of look at things a little bit differently. Jamie, did you get anything from that one, given that you've read it as well? Anything come up for you there? Um, I suppose the big thing, and I thought it was exactly that chapter was that he, he, he was a big part of enjoying your work was about around autonomy. So I think that kind of time with the, you know not taking motion was that like he was he was saying you mightn't be at the top of you know a corporate corporate ladder but if you're in your permission and use the autonomy to to take time off or to to mold your shed schedule to shoot you to suit you that um you'll enjoy your work he said he, he he I suppose he mentioned that as a kind of a key point that autonomy in your work was important hmm. and, and and like society or or your peer group might be pushing you to say, oh, you know, some of your, your friend or your colleagues got promoted and you're not, and you're almost then feeling, why am I not pushing or following, you know, following the leader in that respect? 
when you're going against what you actually believe in that's a difficult one it's a it's a challenge you know so it's to be very clear on what you actually want and know that your your plan might take a few years to get there turning down a promotion in those scenarios might be the the short-term pain for you know a longer-term benefit okay anything else will i go to the the last rule okay so the last one was think small act big and um and i think this one definitely aligned for me quite quite well in that i suppose a lot of the stuff that i do um is around small incremental progress you know one percent better that whole mindset have a have a big goal a big vision that you're you're working towards um and know that it's going to take time to get there you kind of get there incrementally over over time as i looked at this rule i kind of uh, remember at the time thinking out possible future scenarios that could come true for for me if i if i worked hard and and focused on what i you know what i wanted to get to one would have been going out on my own quitting the job at some point down, down the road when i had built up those skills one would have been taking on a role maybe within that organization doing some of the the, the 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 coaching the mentoring the the people development stuff that um that I was passionate about um the third option would have been maybe doing it for another organization so I had those kind of plans in place and by doing the work hoped and knew I suppose believed in that over time something would pop up and you know many a time when I was doing interviews and you know editing podcasts uh, on a sunday night for a release the next week like it, that can be tiring it can be um time consuming and you wonder sometimes why why are you doing this what is the the gain that's going to come or you, you can you can grapple with that um but it's always about staying the course it's about just kind of you know believing in something is going to come out of this it's not just being done for 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 the sake of it um and and pushing through and i think that i don't know whether that's resilience or that's just stubbornness um but but uh if you're sticking to the plan and working through it bit by bit you're hopefully moving in the right direction and it's always important to get feedback and listen to what other people will say to you and you know take that on board and and try and tweak it and adjust it as you go um but that rule is i suppose one that that i i kind of stuck to along all, all along all the way through um and and i guess you know in a good way i suppose it's kind of come true recently um for me and it was probably one of the main reasons i kind of picked this book because it it kind of brings it to to a conclusion in that respect that one of those futures is now a reality um and you know it's probably on to the next kind of stage and start to look at what what you know what will be the next challenges and resetting goals and and all, all of that but um yeah i think that that for me what was important and i suppose the key message is know that it's possible put 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 plans in place um and incrementally slowly bit by bit work work towards it um i think cal had mentioned this idea of the adjacent possible that next step beyond what you've already achieved so it's kind of just thinking about what's right around the corner what is 
the the next goal set your goals over a short space of time rather than long-term goals because by their very nature it's you can lose heart if you're not getting that sense of achievement you're not getting closer to it because it's so far out do stuff incrementally week by week and and measure it from that respect i think you'll you'll keep the momentum and build momentum um if you look at it from that perspective um and he did draw an analogy to uh vaccines i think um that any scientist finding or working on a vaccine they don't start from scratch they they start from something that has already been created and tries to build upon that build on what's already been done new research new testing um and you know move things forward so it's trying to accumulate build on what you've already got and try to just kind of uh, add to that over over time any questions on that No, no questions. But I think it uh, it it um, it fits with my own approach to things. I, I haven't read the book, and I don't. I I I, um, I never heard. What did you say? Think small. No, think small. Act big. Is it? Which one now? Oh, the last rule. Oh, the last rule. Yeah, think small, act big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of the phrase. Uh, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of always been my approach. I I have. Long-term goals, long-term aims, um, but you do need those short-term wins, you know, to get to get you motivated. Because take on a two-year project, it's a long time to wait for a reward. But you, you know, getting those small wins always get you on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jamie, anything else from you uh, from the last part of the book, or anything in general from it? Uh, no, um, good enough somebody. I think the these overall those that trilogy of books though they're they're a good read. And one kind of leads on to another from that first one to I think deep work and then digital minimalism is the last one. Mm-hmm. That each of them are kind of discussed in the book before in a small part. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're very interesting. Yeah, he's um I've signed up to his newsletter not so long ago as well. Some some good articles that he sends out he's you know again spends a lot of his time offline so he he doesn't do a lot of um he's not very he's not very social media friendly um but but sends out some good newsletters that he gets emails from people who have adopted some of his rules or principles certainly from the deep work stuff how they're really kind of switching away from being always connected and having a happier you know more meaningful life in lots of ways so that that's interesting and he's actually uh, I think I just saw recently he's he's starting he, he's releasing his own podcast now um which again kind of is a bit surprising because it's technology focused and he's uh, releasing it but he says that he, he spends very little time putting it together I haven't listened to it yet but it's um it's effectively like a questions and answers uh show I think so people would email him questions and he'll read out maybe answers or, or just stories and and it's going to be quite straightforward he said and simple so maybe something to check out I'm, i'll probably listen to it i think he has a few episodes out already so um so yeah that that was kind of pretty much it uh, the four rules don't follow your passion be so good they can't ignore you turn down a promotion think small act big um and yeah definitely uh, a lot of uh, food for thought I, I suppose i probably made it quite a personal 
version of the the book but the hopefully stories can help you connect to those rules and and think what what they mean for you and um you know maybe something triggered for you there um what i would say as i was kind of writing through it and doing kind of final comments so many unintended consequences in a positive way you know come up as you kind of follow some some sort of rules like this or take on any big goal and, and work towards it bit by bit a lot of opportunities crop up or you learn so much that you never expected uh you would uh on that journey and you obviously meet some different people and learn from the experiences there and that's definitely been the case for me doing doing this sort of stuff doing the, the kind of podcasting you know it's pushed me into different areas and uh outside the comfort zone and all of that um and you know you learn a lot more than than you ever bargained for so i think there's huge value in in, in you know pushing after whatever that is for you um and lowering your expectations as well sometimes is good you know don't don't set yourself too high of expectations that can push yourself um then you're always feeling like you're you're not winning or you're not achieving something uh that um can can uh, potentially derail or deter your your motivation and your momentum so um don't don't set things too high uh that's that's important i think all right it's, it's an interesting concept rob isn't it like that because a lot of these self-help books will will actually go and do the flip side of it they'll talk about yeah follow your passion and dream big and you know limitless thinking and all that kind of stuff but actually the reality of the whole thing is that it's the flip of that actually is the is the thing that works it is the incrementals it is actually having a plan and it is committing to that plan as well so like as i said in the intro there for me it's about maybe practically applying this so i, I love the whole idea of, of of think small and act big mm -hmm. so I, I think a lot of us in this kind of self-improvement game um we can be prone to overthinking we can be prone to rumination and actually when that becomes kind of prominent action is the thing that falls by the wayside. So, um, I think it's, again, it's a, it's a very, uh, timely reminder, I think, to, to, to start acting, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the, the two, two of the four rules don't follow your passion and turn down a promotion are kind of negative in, in a way, right? They're, they're yeah. completely against what you would tend to hear, um, and uh, it makes you think a little bit differently, I guess. All right, guys, that's that's me done. Uh, hopefully you got something from that. Um, delighted to share it. And um, yeah, if anyone reads the book between now and the next time around, feel free to, we'll start off like we did, just getting checking in with folks if they do read it, what, what it meant for them, or is there anything you could uh, take away from it and put into practice so we will be back in what day is today the 9th 16th 23rd john john o'sullivan is up next um i think uh, we'll have to hopefully declan's uh, zoom subscription is um is is broad enough to allow all the people that'll join that one uh <laughs> <laughs> um, we maxed out to capacity i'm sure john that's it. Yeah, we'll get the stadium. We might have to social distance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
I know, John, you said you read pre- predominantly kind of fiction books, right? Do you, is there some... No, I'd, I'd read. I, I, the one type of book I don't read is the kind of books that you've covered in the last two weeks. You know, the, the call it uh, self-help or uh, business advice books and so on, or personal development books. I don't read those books, so I'm going to have to rack my brains. So I have some ideas, all right? So I'd, I'd read all sorts. Hmm. Um, so last week I was talking about Michael Lewis, the guy that writes the Moneyball, he wrote Moneyball, and that I just wonder has anyone read anything by him? Because he's got some fascinating books. John, on the back of your recommendation, I've yeah. started the Undoing. The Undoing Project is yeah. actually, I wouldn't recommend it to start with. Okay, <laughs> it's a very good book. It is really good, and it it shows how he approaches things. But yeah. uh, he has some other great books that. Uh, Will just grip you. Uh, he, that's a very personal book of his. He 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 right. was very good friends with one of those guys, and he talked about the relationship. But uh, I think I might have a look at what he's written. Uh, I have read most of his stuff. He tends to be able to take very complex, either economic, financial, or or uh, big picture kind of topics and make them really relatable. So I'll have a look at too. Yeah, great. Very. So good. He's a big short, isn't he? The Big Short was one, and uh, Liars... Well, he started off as a, a broker, so he wrote Liars Poker about his time in Wall Street. Uh, and um, he wrote The Big Short about the crash. He wrote The Moneyball about the baseball quants, and then he, he wrote um, he wrote a very good book about the, the global crisis. He went all around the world. He, he went to Iceland, Ireland, Greece, and different countries, and he wrote about how they all approached... The Crash, which is one that I might talk about. Um, and he wrote a book called The Fifth Risk recently. If you've read that one, it's about how all Obama's government departments um, prepared these uh, folders of files on for the transition to the Trump government. And they said, well, when Trump sends in his department, you know, his head of the Department of Agriculture or his head of the Department of Finance, we'll have the files for them. And like nobody came, you know, for months and months. And even after the transition, nobody kind of really looked at these books, you know. So he went around to all the government departments and he met the civil servants and he, he got the training that Trump's guys should have gotten. And he was fascinated by these heroes who work in the government, uh, who, who don't, you know, in the Department of Agriculture and in the Department of in Commerce and so on, who work on big projects and don't get the recognition. So, hmm. so um I could talk about ten of his books. <laughs> yeah, set up a separate book club for for you, John. <laughs> the Michael Lewis fan club. Yeah, yeah. But actually, if you want, I'd recommend a fascinating book. It's like a crime thriller. It's called The Flash Boys, about the guys who, um, who found that the when the stock market, uh, went digital in their servers in the building next to the stock market. So literally proximity was enough to get microseconds of uh-huh. a head start on deals. And they were able to insert themselves into uh, the market and buy and sell shares in that microsecond, seeing the trends and so on. And uh, what was generally, what it, they, he said, if you did it on paper and with a phone, it was illegal because it was fraud. Mm-hmm. But because they were doing it remote, because they were doing it with servers and computers, they were uh-huh. able to get away with and the book almost became a a campaign to change the law and guys developed these 
alternative stock markets that banned this practice. But uh, that's a fascinating book. It's called The Flash Boys. He wrote that as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that latency challenge, I suppose, if you're you know, yeah, thousands yeah. of miles away. Very interesting. But book. he starts off the book by talking about the guys who's digging the pipe across America to put in micro or put in fiber optics because he wants the head start. He wants this coast to coast fiber and so much money was invested. And he finishes the book by saying someone came along and put in microwave dishes and just blew him out of the water and all that money was wasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were trying to straighten. That's it. They were trying to straighten the lines, literally cutting corners on roadsides to try and get that extra microsecond mm. <laughs> in the nineties sometime. Yeah. Very cool. You you have you have a struggle to try and pick your book at this stage. I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick something. Sure, I'll come back again the week after. Yeah, no bother, no bother. Um, cool. So that's pretty much me, guys. Um, hopefully you got something from it. Uh, Deck, anything else we wanted to wrap up on? No, it's great, and, and thanks, Rob. That's a book that I haven't uh, read, so I think I might uh, have to get on it now over the next couple of weeks. Um, no, it's great. I, like I suppose this is where the whole thing we're hoping will will take off in the fact that it was rob and dex book club and rob has done a book i've done a book so now the baton has been passed hopefully look this this is useful for people and uh it'll snowball so you know for, for the rest of you maybe just have a think about it if there was a book that you'd, you'd like to talk about completely open to to, to sharing in this form yeah very good fabio how did you enjoy your first one did you get something from it I really enjoyed the the format of uh, of this meeting because it was very light in in its approach, and some of these rules really resonate with with me lately. Um, uh, so I I I think I'm gonna through this book and especially like as you explained the uh, think small act big because. It was counterintuitive compared to what we have been told for many years. But in this way, yeah, we will not burn out, have less frustration and succeed more. So I enjoy it and I join everyone's input. So fantastic. Thank you. Very good. Nice to have you along and hopefully we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Just don't forget, guys, to register. I suppose if, like we set it up now that... This 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 link is the same every every two weeks, right, Deck? Isn't it? You don't if you have the link for the Zoom, that's not going to change. Yeah. So you guys don't need to register because you have the link. Um, but um, I'll be uh, yeah on Eventbrite. It's set up right up till October, I think. So folks, new folks can register through that. So all right. Yeah, great. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Have a good Thanks. evening. We'll talk Thanks. to you soon. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.